Live from New York, it's Ask an Engineer. Hey everybody, and welcome to Ask Engineer. It's me, Lady Ada, the engineer. With me, Mr. Lady Ada on camera control and more, and shooting some uh, video. Video DJ. Video DJ there. Yeah. We got an exciting show for you tonight. Exciting show for you tonight with Circuit Python news, products, IMPIs, it's not out yet, and more. Mr. Lady Ada, they want to know the code. They want to know it's on the show. Why don't you right. them? On tonight's show, the code is CSI DSI, 10% off the native for sure, all the way up to midnight or when i remember to turn the code off gets you 10 percent off and also we have some free stuff but things are changing so pay attention as we dive into that and more talk about some of our live shows including desk of lady ada great search jp's product pick of the week we have some cool factory footage uh, a little bit of a preview you just saw some of that some 3d printing some inmpi some top secrets some new products we answer your questions we do that on discord it slash discord because there's like 8 million places we're broadcasting video so you know check it out over there ask your questions we get to them throughout the show and of course at the end answering questions doing more all that on tonight's show ask an engineer okay um right now because the way just like with free shipping and fedex and ups and everything we have two freebies um, so when you add stuff to your cart and you use CSI DSI, this is what you get for free. Okay, you will get a, uh, a two ninety nine or more. You get a free Circuit Playground Express. We still have that one, and then at one forty nine or more, we still have the KB twenty forty. Yeah. Um, we're out of Perma Protos, and there's no free shipping because we don't have UPS at this time because we are. Yeah. Okay. We were well, whatever. Yeah. UPS strike. Maybe we we turned off UPS temporarily, uh, in case um. It didn't work out uh, that yeah. they would be back in business. Yeah, I'll let everybody know. So uh, leading up to the possible UPS strike, which looks like until like yesterday it was going to happen, um, we wanted to make sure we had another shipping option. So we added FedEx and we're about to probably make a decision. Which one do we keep? Which one do we do? Uh, but we have to make sure that all of the same things are still supported. So if we move to FedEx, we can get better rates. We will just make sure we can ship batteries and we have a free tier. We'll also give UPS a chance to match any rates. Now that there's not going to be a strike, they have a month to work on this contract and it doesn't seem like it'll, you know, fail. It <laughs> seems like it'll probably work out. Um, so we're just going to try to get the best rates possible so you get the best shipping uh, rates possible. We do a pass through. So whatever we get is what y'all have. Yeah. And um, shipping is expensive. So uh, thanks for your patience while we negotiate with the different carriers. Um, that's what's going on. So we have some live shows. Special thanks to uh, Melissa, who just did show and tell. Um, you could check that out. We were getting ready for the show, so we'll watch the show in a bit. I did see some of the projects. I think the new um, Pi camera, Jepler showed that off. And then yes. earlier today, um, if you want to check out the behind the scenes video, you can watch the hack chat that we did. So over on Hackaday, we did a hack chat and it was about the CircuitPython happenings. Uh, CircuitPython updates, and we hadn't done a hack chat for like a little bit more than a year. Um, so just stuff with USB host and uh, our bus pirate that is using RP2040 and ESP32 based boards and just, just chit chatting. You know, people ask, you know, like, why did CircuitPython? They ask some, some yeah. deep core questions. And you know what? That's a good, good time to ask us. You know, you, we don't do a lot of hack chats, but it kind of always, people always ask us, like, why did you do something? Because uh, they have us for long enough that we can actually answer. Yeah. And uh, we better medium to, to, yeah. you know, explain, like, here's why we decided this. Here's the history of this. Here's the, sponsorships that we do here's like a lot of people don't know um that we 
donate money to MicroPython. I think we're the number one sponsor. I think we are. And then we do fundraising for MicroPython. And then we're the biggest and sole supporter of TinyUSB. The uh, Arduino uses it. Pretty much everyone's using it. I don't think anyone else has donated to know. No. And uh, it gives us a chance to talk about um, a lot of the open source work that maybe people don't know about. And also some of our decisions on why we do stuff and then the impact it has. We were talking about all the different boards that are out for CircuitPython and Over 400. Teeny USB and CircuitPython. And people are running complete businesses around the, like, there's more non Adafruit boards that CircuitPython supports. And a lot of people don't even know we have anything to do with it. That's the beauty of open source. Yeah. Uh, I had written an article a couple of weeks ago and we talked about it on the show, but it's like, there's so many reasons and um, things that got us here. And there's a little bit of like a uh, crawlback that's happening or clawback. People that are doing open source are like, well, now there's money involved. I don't want other people to make money off open source. It's like, well, you just did. How do you think you got here? So we talked a little bit about that in the, the hack chat yeah. as well. It's like we can all build. Uh, there's a there's a way to build this so all folks raise. You know, it's a lot of phrases that go along with this. But anyways, we're gonna keep doing open source. Um, so then on Sundays we have Desk of Lady Ada. Um, it's in two parts. First part we show what's on Lady Ada's desk. What was on your desk this week? Okay, this week um, kind of getting back to some old stuff. Uh, the uh, you know, RP2040 and floppy disk uh, control stuff that we started like more over a year ago. Getting back to it, I designed a floppy feather wing, but, um, you know, I always wanted to have an all-in-one board that was like, this is you know the easiest, best way to do all sorts of floppy interfacing. Um, so this is a board that has a 2x17 uh, floppy connector, a laptop floppy connector, uh, and I even threw on SCSI and disk to Apple connectors and um you know figuring out the power supply stuff but you know i think i can make it so the rp2040 has enough pins and i can probably like you know you can't plug in all interfaces at once you can pick and choose which one you want um to connect and um use this board to read and write and maybe even emulate uh these disk interfaces okay then we do the great searches where lady is their power of engineering stuff. You find stuff on digikey.com. Thanks digikey for making that segment possible. What did you look for this week? Okay. Well, when I'm dealing with all this floppy stuff, one of the things about floppy drives and disk drives is they need 12 volt and five volt power often. And, um, to make things easier, since it's really hard to boost from five to 12 volts, you, know, you need like a lot of current at five volts. It's a lot easier to get a 12 volt one or two amp power supply and buck down to five because I'll need about one, one and a half amps at five volts. And so um, I went looking for a good buck converter that takes 12 volts down to five volts at over one amp. There's a lot of great options and they're like 10 cents, literally 10 cents for a two, three amps, 10 cents. For a uh, for a two to three amp uh, twelve volt to five volt buck converter, all you need is an inductor and a couple of passives, and you're good to go. They even have they're synchronous. You even have the transistor and uh, freewheel diode inside. Yeah. And um, for the people that are really into like retro hardware and archiving, um, you're going to be really happy because this is probably the best only open source, open completely open source. Um, way, not, not open. Yeah, not yeah. Um, that will allow people to copy floppies and do archival stuff, and no strings attached, no rug pull. Um, one thing, you know, 
Um, as I'm getting older, like I, I'm not going to do a rant every week, but there does seem to be something going on where there's gatekeeping in various communities too. So there's people that are like, oh, you want to do retro stuff? Well, you're doing it the wrong way. And by the way, here's a closed source thing that I'm calling open and I'm going to like terrorize you on Twitter and, and so, like it's broke. There's some broken parts of this like archive world. And I think we can help by just making something for the people, not the folks who want to like hide the stuff. Yeah. Like the users is like the most important thing is like, how do you get people to making sure the most stuff possible? And so that's what this floppy thing is. Um, hopefully uh, we'll have something more to show soon. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I'm starting. I mean, like I'm, I, you know, next is the e-fuse and I have to, you know, the thing that's gonna be a little fun is how to, wire up all these different interfaces you know they're five volts and so I have to go through a five volt shifter and making sure like some of them have to have the pins in a certain order and I'm going to use the PIO for some of them and I'll figure it out there's, just, there's... question from the chat do you think it'll be possible to put a uh circuit python like main.py on a floppy drive and run it off a floppy drive Oh, absolutely. I think we can already do that. Yeah. Yeah, we already have that ability. Yeah, so it'll be neat when you like You can't I don't believe we can write to floppy it'll be neat when you we could, can read yeah, from you, the we, floppy. You, you'll run main.py and it'll go you can yeah that actually does work i don't know that i mean i've, I've not yeah. run it but i've read files from it there'll be some fun you can you yeah. can mount it as a um a storage uh device in circuit python yeah is this, super, is gonna be, this is gonna be super hilarious it's gonna be super cool um so we're looking forward to that because we think there's a lot of folks that want to get into this but some of this archive world is a little intimidating and uh hard to navigate yeah i'm just gonna try to make the easiest best thing that'll last a long time so that we aren't constantly reinventing and doing this closed source stuff with our, it's like everyone everyone comes along and is just like i'm gonna make a better like archiving thing and i'm gonna do it open and then they actually do it and they're like i'm not opening it so i'm gonna actually you know yeah. me i always post the files yeah all right um and then there's jp's product pick of the week broadcast live from the product page here we go it is the PropMaker Feather RP2040. This is an all-in-one solution. So this is the microcontroller right there. You can see it's the RP2040. And this then has the onboard accelerometer. It has a NeoPixel driver. It has the I2S amplifier. We have an input for a button. And one of the things you'll notice is that we now have built onto here a really nice, neat set of screw terminals. No soldering required. This has the PropMaker Feather wired to it. I have a servo, speaker, and I have a NeoPixel strand, and all of that is just screwed right in. And sweeping of this servo here, rainbow NeoPixels running here. And then I have a button, some plug-in wiring that will allow me to adjust color of the NeoPixels. It is the PropMaker Feather RP2040. All right, and JP's workshop is tomorrow. And then big news, um, we have deep dive every single week where you can look at the innards of CircuitPython. Um, Scott will be returning. So, That's right, the return yes. of Scott. Um, maybe not for the entire duration of the show, but at least for a chunk of it. Uh, special thanks to Tim, who continues to do the deep dives and also some of the Saturday sessions. Um, this will be fun. I'll be tuning in. Welcome back, Scott. Yay. Speaking of Python. Got some Python on hardware stuff going on. Some good stuff this week. Yeah, some good stuff. Um, let's good stuff every week. Yeah, let's start off. Uh, we'll come back to kind of the lead story, which is Scilabs introduced support for CircuitPython. 
Um, that's going to be kind of our lead story. We just finished up the hack chat, mentioned that earlier. Um, open source, if you want to look at some of the coverage, there was an event out in San Francisco um, that's like Maker Fair like. There was a lot of cool projects using Adafruit stuff and CircuitPython. Um, I think that it's there's like the prop maker community like it's starting to like intersect a little bit where there because like it's like adam savage world and there's like yeah it's like youtube social media yeah, maker yeah there's definitely like oh these are these are more for the the audience was more of like the youtubers that were like building props and and things like if you're if you're a youtuber you're doing lots of things like oh this movie just came out we built a thing that's kind of like it so um kind of neat check out some of the coverage um that's around the web but also um, Maker Melissa went and you can check out some of the, the things that Melissa saw there. Um, lots of different projects. You can check out uh, Todd's latest with some CircuitPython SynthIO tricks. Um, there is a MicroPython class for um, Arduino. Arduino we, actually are, we're about to, we, we are merging support for this board on CircuitPython as well. It's like happening today. Yeah, the latest, one of the latest boards from Arduino, a lot of CircuitPython support. But the, uh, the big news, and you can check out all the different um, uh, projects and more. Um, the big news uh, the week was Scilabs now supports CircuitPython, and that includes um, boards from SparkFun. Yeah. So um, that's their feather like board. Yeah. That's the that's the big tent that we like to build. So Scilabs now has CircuitPython support for a bunch of their boards. Uh, we have, uh, well, we put it all over our socials, but also it's in our press section. Um, we'll play a video in a second, but Lady Ada, why is this interesting? Why is this a big deal? What does this mean? Why should okay. someone care? This is cool because first off, this family, which we covered on INMPI uh, I yeah, think a few weeks ago. So if yeah. people want to see a more in-depth look into this chipset, um, it's, a, it's a Zigbee, I believe also Bluetooth, low energy chipset. Um, that can do matter and thread. And so if you want to do IoT projects and you want it to work with like the newest uh, system that will now allow anything to work with anything. So you can work with Google or Nest or Alexa or Siri or HomeKit, you know, like, now you don't have to worry about writing code for each platform if you're using matter. Um, Scilabs, the, X, uh, the, the MG24 and other series chips um, do this. But one of the challenges was with these chips is that they're so advanced like these are cortex chips that have so much firmware that it's actually like compiling and uploading and doing the workflow can be a little challenging which i think was circuit python is a great match for it um i think they haven't quite added wireless yet for circuit python but they just released this so i'm sure they'll they'll add it later yeah. um but you know this is a new and a totally new family of chips like we've supported espressive and atmel microchip um and ARP2040. Yeah. But we, we, this is the first time we were supporting Scilabs, and yeah. they have a huge amount of marketplace, especially for wireless chipsets. Um, so it's really great to see that there's a, for, another family. So also, for all of y'all out there, if you ever want to do anything with a Scilabs chip and you didn't know or was too intimidated, or it's like, it's, okay, what am I going to do? If you do anything with CircuitPython, automatically works. Yeah. So uh, they made a video. We're going to play it. CircuitPython is now available for Silicon Labs XG24-based low-power wireless development kits. The low-cost ThingPlus MGM240P board from SparkFun provides an accessible starting point with the quick connector providing the option to add a wide range of external devices. The XG24 Explorer kit from Silicon Labs 
is another entry-level board that features both quick and microbus expansion options. Finally, Silicon Labs XG24 Dev Kit comes with a wide range of sensors already on the board, making it an excellent platform for rapid prototyping. Once again, the quick connector allows the easy addition of other devices. CircuitPython is a beginner-friendly programming language that simplifies coding for microcontrollers. To get started, visit the CircuitPython download page. Then search for Scilabs to find and download the CircuitPython firmware for your board. To kickstart your development, you can clone the Silicon Labs CircuitPython applications repository on GitHub, where you'll find a growing number of example applications and instructions on how to get up and running. CircuitPython also comes with drivers for a wide range of third-party devices that can be easily connected to the XG24 boards. Visit the Silicon Labs CircuitPython application GitHub repository and start exploring the creative opportunities offered by CircuitPython for the EFR32MG24 low-power wireless microcontroller from Silicon Labs. All this more in our newsletter, adafruitdaily.com, delivered to you every single week. Let's do some open source hardware news. Lieta, we have tons of guides. Yes. Let's. Uh, we must have hit, um, what's that? We had a magic number. It was like 20, it was like 37. Getting, cl getting close to all sorts of stuff. What, um, what's on okay. the board this week? Um, this week, uh, Katni updated the ESP32 S2 reverse TFT feather guide to add um it's this guide here to add um circuit python essentials i think that's great to get people started as as you just saw circuit python is a great way to learn microcontrollers i know that code runs on every board um erin did this really cool dress she took the ooze master code um that phil b paint your dragon wrote for scorpio which allows like making these drippy effects which could be like icicles dripping or it can be blood dripping great for halloween but also like a kind of cool water drip dress and then she did a really neat video shoot um in some water um we've also got uh the guide for the rp 2040 prop maker uh, feather. I think just more work got done on that and it went live. Um, device script is also, um, oh yeah, sorry, the prop maker feather. She added a um, a page on uh, volume control using the mixer in CircuitPython. And uh, sorry, over there, um, device scripts. This is really neat. So this is Pelly from um, the Microsoft um, development team. They basically looked at CircuitPython and MicroPython and like, that's a cool idea uh, to have Python on hardware, but what if we had TypeScript on hardware? And so um, they've designed a very small version of TypeScript that can work on ESP32 and RP2040 chips. Um, and there's a tutorial to get started. I'll admit, I haven't actually taken a look at DeviceScript yet. I just looked at the tutorial, but I think it's very neat. And if you're somebody who already knows JavaScript and you want to do like IoT projects with um, hardware using the stuff you know about JavaScript, um, device script is something you should definitely look. I know they've been working really hard on it. And then scroll down, we also have uh, a new project with a video from um, Liz on making a 16 rotary encoder MIDI messenger. So like you can send messages by pressing or rotating these rotary encoders. Um, this is using the new uh, one by uh, four rotary encoder at a time stem EQ adapter. Um, so you can actually listen to 16 encoders 
using the IRQ pins on just about any microcontroller over I squared C. Okay, we have a couple guides from sorry, a couple videos, videos that goes with the guides. We're gonna play those back to back and first Liz's and then Aaron's. Yeah, case. and then we'll roll right into um, some factory footage. fellow makers to a world where magic and technology intertwine. Today, we embark on a journey to build a dress that seems to shimmer and flow like a cascading stream, as if it were touched by enchantment. To bring this magical illusion to life, we will harness the power of NeoPixel LEDs, the wondrous gems of the electronics realm. With their ability to glow in a multitude of colors, they will paint the illusion of water in motion as if from a fountain of dreams. To command this luminous symphony, we turn to Arduino, the sorcerer's wand of the DIY world. With a dash of code, we will orchestrate the dance of the NeoPixels, making them flicker and flow, crafting an everlasting illusion of water in motion. Your quest begins at learn.adafruit.com. Unleash your creativity and weave the fabric of magic with NeoPixel LEDs in Arduino. Let this tutorial be your guide and may it spark the flames of inspiration as you journey into the realm of enchanting DIY electronics. Some factory footage. Let's do some 3D printing. We're just going to keep rolling right in because we got a lot of stuff to get through. We got to speed up. Then we'll see you on the other side for some INMPI.
Hi, NFAI, brought to you by DigiKey and Adafruit this week. Arduino! Arduino, yes. Uh, I'm so psyched to finally be able to have Arduino on IMPI. It was a featured project product set on digikey.com. Uh, if you ever want to see what I pick from, uh, go to digikey.com slash new. Um, that's what I uh, that's what I check every week when I have to pick something to highlight on IMPI. So this week we're going to be covering the new Uno R4 Minima and Wi-Fi. This is the Wi-Fi. This is the Minima. Uh, they're both uh, Renaissance RA4 RA4 M1 chipsets. Um, there's actually, it turned out, I didn't realize that the Portento is also Renaissance. So this is not the first Renaissance chipset from Arduino, but it is the first one that is not the Pro Series, it's from Makers. Um, okay, so, you know, what's the deal here? Uh, the Uno R4 Wi-Fi is, it's a Cortex-M4. It's running at 48 megahertz. I think it has 256K of flash, 32K of RAM. Um, the Wi-Fi version is kind of cool in that it also comes with an ESP32 S3 that acts as a uh, SPI to Wi-Fi or Bluetooth low energy because the Renaissance chip doesn't have built-in Wi-Fi. So you have like a coprocessor. Um, this is very common on both uh, Adafruit products. We've used ESP chips as coprocessors as well as um, on Arduino boards, there's been a couple nanos that have coprocessor chips. Why not just run the code directly? Um, well, there's a lot of peripherals that are really nice on the uh, Renaissance chip. Um, it runs at five volts, which we'll chat about. Um, it also has things like CAN bus and DAC and ADCs that are nice and reliable. And you know, the ARM Cortex M4 chipset is is a really nice, well-established core that has a lot of code um, ready to go for it. Um, you know, we were even chatting with somebody. Uh, during this hack chat today, and they're like, oh, why don't you have MP3 decoding working on ESP32 and CircuitPython? And it's like, well, the code we have is is designed specifically for ARM Cortex, uh, and the ESP is 10 silica. Um, another nice thing is, uh, you know, we'll talk about it, but these are all open source hardware, and they're designed and assembled in Italy, um, and they, of course, look amazing. They're very good-looking ports. Um, there's also the Minima. The Minima is, uses the same chipset, but doesn't have that LED matrix. It doesn't have the Wi-Fi Bluetooth chipset. Um, this is the Minima. You see uh, you know, where the Wi-Fi chip was. There is instead this buck converter, which we'll talk about. It's a 24-volt-in converter. Um, you know, it's a very, I want to say minimal um, board, but part of it is the cost is quite low. These are only twenty dollars. Oh, it's called the minima. It is the minima. So this is a twenty dollar um, dev board, and the Wi-Fi one is another seven dollars and fifty cents. And they're part of the Uno family. Um, and you know, it's funny. I was like, "What's the first Arduino?" This is like the first Arduino prototype from two thousand five. Which I even have an earlier photo, but you, you know, have one too. This is yeah. the website. In our Arduino retrospect, I have like. The first hand soldered one, I think, somewhere. Yeah, and having and this was this is clearly you know a through hole soldered hand soldered version. You know the original. You know some people say, well, you know the Arduino has had um, other Cortex chips, um, and they've got the, the Leonardo, and they've got you know the which is a five volt USB native, and there's the Uno. Uh, sorry, the Arduino Zero, which is SAMD twenty one based, and there's been other you know besides that. Um, what's interesting about this is that you know this follows. It, even though it's Arduino shaped, this is really the next in the Uno line, which started with you know that handmade one, and then the Decimila in the top right, the Duomila Nove uh, middle left, and then the Uno, which came went through a couple different 
versions, you can see there's actually, you know, uh, six kind of variations of the UNO with the SMD processor, the R3, which added the IORF and SDA SCL pins, and then a couple of power supply noodlings here and there, and the reset button moved from the middle of the board to the top left. Um, so, you know, that, that family started with, you know, an Atmega 8, which is an 8-bit microcontroller, 8 megs of flash, to the Atmega 168, 16 megs of flash, to the Uno R3, which was uh, 32 megabytes of flash, 2K of RAM, and also an 8-bit processor. And, and it kind of stood there for like the last 10 years. Like the, the last Uno R3 was released in, um, you know, basically 20, yeah. you know, uh, 2013 or so. Like the original came out in 2005 and then they revised it for eight years and then it kind of stood still. Um, I wanted to throw in this. We even, we even made an Uno. We made Unos as well. Um, and you can see, uh, you know, the date code on this is uh, 2020. Yeah. And the for the short version of this, um, Arduino got split into two companies, the um, Arduino.cc folks, Massimo, and most of the original founders were in a jam. And when they were in a jam, we said, okay, we'll help you out. We'll make Arduinos because they didn't have a way to make Arduinos because someone took the trademark and started a new Arduino in Italy with one of the former founders. And uh, it was a big giant mess. Um, eventually that person went away, the Arduino turned into one Arduino again, but to get Yay. them to get them through to the other side, um, we stopped everything, we made Arduinos yes. for the Arduino team. These are the ones made in the USA. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I, I said 2020, but I meant 2015. It's the 20th week of 2015. Yeah, and um, this is assigned, the first one hot off the pick and place by Massimo and Lamour. I think there's only one of these that exists. It's in our Adafruit Arduino Museum. That's right. Um, but this is the first time that they've taken that Uno, um, you know, the particular Uno brand, not just that shape, but the actual Uno uh, name, which is really like their flagship product. And they're saying, this is the R4 now. This is really the next generation. And um, it's a big jump. Again, the previous one was 8-bit, um, an 8-bit uh, microcontroller from Atmel, now microchip, running um, 16 megabytes of flash, two megabytes of, sorry, 16, uh, sorry, 32 kilobytes of flash, two kilobytes of RAM. I'm, it's so small, I can't even keep track of it. Um, and a little bit of EEPROM. And now they've moved up to a 32-bit Cortex-M4, so it has a floating point unit and everything. Um, it's got the same number of analog input pins. It has an extra DAC. Uh, the DAC is nicer than the SAMD21. It has a 12-bit DAC instead of 10-bit. It has six PWM outputs. UART, I2C, SPI. It adds CAN bus. Usually you would have to have added a, a CAN shield, but now you can do it natively. You just need a CAN transceiver. And the most important thing, which is, um, well, not only is it a ton more flash and RAM, it's 256K, 32K RAM, but it can run at five volts, which is a rarity. There's a, not a lot of USB native um, ARM Cortex chips that can run at five volts. Usually they run at three volts. And this was a little bit of a sticking point, which is why um, boards like the uh, Zero and the Duet, they weren't quite dropping compatible because you know a lot of times people didn't need five volts to communicate with servos or to communicate with um, LCDs or, you know, doing CAN bus stuff, whatever, at one at five volt power and logic, you were kind of stuck. You'd have to use level shifters. Now you don't. You can you can use this board that's got all that power, uh, but is running at five volt native. So the chips that they're using, the RA4M1, 
um, Cortex M4 series. We did cover it a few months ago on INMPI because I kind of saw that this was, um, Arduino had announced that the R4 was coming. And I was like, what is this interesting chipset? Let's talk about it. So if you want to go into more detail of the family and all the different specifications you can get with it, um, we covered, you know, basically the whole data sheet um, and all the peripherals available. Even the, there are also, you know, another thing that's interesting now is, um, reminds me the adcs are 14 bit not 12 bit so you like everything is just a little bit nicer than um the samd21 or the mega 328. um the pinouts they've got um you know are kind of standard you've got uh you know they tried really hard to make it as compatible with the uno r3 as gpio wise is possible so the pwms are in the same place the ur the spi are shared across the same pins because um, a lot of people still expect to be able to get the SPI ports on, you know, digitals 11, 12, and 13. They expect A4 and A5 to also be um, I squared C muxable. So, you know, they did find some configuration that made um, everything work, but they also, of course, have the DAC and they've got, you know, CAN bus on, um, you know, two or three of these pins. I'm sure you can select maybe which ones they are on. There's a JTAG uh, debug port, but otherwise, it, you know, it, the GPIO pin locations and functionality should be as close as possible. I'll say, you know, there's going to be some things like if you're writing to the registers on the Mega directly, those aren't going to um, match up the same. And this is the Uno Wi-Fi uh, ditto. You know, the the way that they got the matrix running, I'll show it uh, in a bit, is there's just so many pins on that um, RA4M1 that they actually had extras to communicate with the um, because the original at Mega 328 had 28 pins, and I think this one is a 44 pin. So plenty of pins left over um, to use to communicate with the yeah, ESP Wi-Fi coprocessor and also control the LED matrix. Um, something that is interesting is they added a uh, USB switch to um, select whether you want to communicate with the um, ESP32 S3 or the... Um, R4, it's controlled by a GPIO pin, but apparently there's a jumper on the bottom as well. There's a level translator to talk to the ESP32 um, S3. The matrix is controlled directly by the um, Renaissance chip, which I wasn't wasn't sure about until I looked at this. Um, this is the, the USB bridge. Um, so interesting, I guess if you want to reprogram, one of the things that's an issue is if you have to want to reprogram the firmware on the S3, um, it is a little bit annoying to do because you have to go, you have to create a software USB bridge, but this allows you to do it um, a lot more easier where you can then enumerate directly to the ESP32 S3 with the built-in ROM bootloader and you can, you know, easily with ESP tool um, upload new firmware. And the LED matrix is Charlieplexed. Um, you know, so there's a bunch of LEDs. They do have a library. So, you know, if you're like, oh, how do I address all these different pins? Um, you know, that's taken care of. It is, it is a monochromatic red LED um, display. You could probably do like one or two bits of PWM, but it's pretty much LED on or off. But um, they have a, a matrix driving library for you to use as well as, you know, the Wi-Fi and Bluetooth also. Um, there's a library to use that you can, um, the example code for connecting to like their cloud service. And, you know, you could easily adapt existing Wi-Fi code from um, earlier Arduinos or from ESP32s. Uh, to use the, the Wi-Fi version of the M4. Um, and this is their core. So um, I kind of took a look around. The, you know, the core has support for a variety of different chips. Um, the RA6 is supported through the Portenta series, the RA4 through this 
Wi-Fi minima. I saw a PR for the RA2 uh, family as well. So I'm, I'm not even use the RA2. Uh, but it looks like they're actually doing a lot of development on this. Um, lots of activity in the Renaissance core, which is good. It means that you know you can um, expect this will be supported for uh, quite a while. I like that it was like you know a standalone core. I'm pretty sure they're not using embed as um, the subset driver. And so the individual files for doing analog inputs and digital IOs, uh, the code is all there in um, the cores directory. And then they also have the libraries for um, you know all the peripherals for CAN bus. You can see Arduino CAN is included. Looks like they have free RTOS running underneath, um, SPI and mass storage and USB. Um, they have a couple of interesting USB demos. Um, I did notice that they're using Teeny USB as their USB core, which is great. It's one of our open source um, USB peripheral and host controls, um, which means that you can use not maybe not drop and replace you know immediately, but with a little bit of adaptation, almost any of the Teeny USB examples, um, you can want to act have it act like a USB keyboard or mouse. MIDI device, disk drive, all that's possible with Teeny USB, which is pretty sweet. Open source is kind of cool. Open source is kind of cool. Speaking of open source, um, the schematic and CAD files are available. They're in Altium, um, but you you know you could probably just fine them. as long as it's in the format that um, they made it in, and someone can import it and do stuff. Um, other stuff with Arduino, the ProLine is not open source anymore. But this is or it wasn't open source to start off with, but the Uno R four is when we were checking because we were like okay things are changing there's stuff going on in arduino the uno r4 is so if that's something that's important to you congrats good it's, it's still open source it's open source and th what that means is that and one of the powerful things about arduino is you design your prototype using arduino you get it running and then if you want to spin your own board using the renaissance r4 chipset this is a great basis for it because you know that the schematic and the core and the bootloader is well established, um, and you you know you have just like the the Atmega three twenty eight and the SAMD twenty one. They really exploded after Arduino built a core for them. They did all that work, so that's why you should buy the uh, Uno R four uh, to help support them. Available well, Digikey in stock. Lots of them are in stock. There's about a thousand of each as of this videoing. Um, check it out. Uh, you can pick up. I picked up one of each. I've got them here. I can just show them off really fast. Um, they come with, um, this one I think is actually a preview, but, uh, they come with, um, uh, these nice plastic holders and then they've got some example code here. I'll just plug this in. Oh, I forgot to mention they also have USB-C, which is pretty nice. Yeah, so they've updated. So now you can use any of your standard, uh, USB cables. Uh, you can just see the demo for the, uh, LED matrix. Um, and I've tested out, there's a STEM IQT quick port over here, and we plugged in a bunch of our sensors and, you know, they work over I squared C. So, um, you can probably build a lot of IOT projects without even doing any soldering. All right. That's new. That's this week's INFI and they have a video. We're going to play it. In a universe of possibilities, we were there for the creation of a new standard. The maker world didn't start out of nowhere. It started with ideas, people, and tools like the simple Arduino Uno. Now it's time to make a quantum leap forward and to add a new dimension to our world. 
Introducing the Arduino Uno R4, a 32-bit ARM Cortex-M4 microprocessor offering more speed, memory connectors, and connectivity options than any other Uno before. The best prototyping and learning tool for anyone just got better. Unlocking a whole new level of possibilities. Ready to explore the new dimension of making? Let the stars guide you. All the work that we've done in the years before converges with the Uno. Uno is a very important design. It's probably, it's probably one of the most copied designs in the world. hacker-friendly. Bellissima. The Uno R4 has definitely taken a leap forward to push new creative limits. O Arduino Uno R4 ele é um passo gigantesco em relação ao anterior, né, que, é, que todo mundo ama. Innanzitutto il cuoricino dietro saldato bombato è tipo bellissimo. Sobre la nueva placa de Arduino Uno R4 Wi-Fi, podríamos destacar una infinidad de cosas eh, super chulas que ya han sacado. The Uno turned makers into innovators over 10 years ago. Now the Uno R4 brings more power to them and to you. Forget any memory limitations. The Uno R4 Minima allows you to bring past projects into the future and empower the electronics you already have with unprecedented computing performance and voltage range. And to do even more, connect your creations. It's easy with the Uno R4 Wi-Fi and Arduino Cloud. Plants can ask for more water. You can check your doorstep for miles away. And intelligent devices can talk to you only when needed. Choose the best Uno R4 for your next idea, starting at $20. Join us on this new journey into the future. Arduino Uno R4, the new dimension of making. Okay, don't forget the code is CSI DSI. Let's roll right into do, 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 do. products. All right, so coming soon. Speaking of Arduino shaped things, mm, we've got a uh, Metro ESP32 S3 with a um, bucket load of flash and RAM. Uh, we're going to be using this for some of our own internal development, but I thought uh, I would toss it in. It says S2 on the back, but it's because I just haven't updated the silk. This is a prototype, but uh, if people are interested, you can sign up and be notified when we do the final silk screen, final revision for this board. Um, still finishing it up, but I, I do like to have a Metro for every chipset that we use, particularly because it has uh, JTAG debug and all the GPIO exposed, and it's it's just easier for people to do um, development on it. Like this would have been probably really handy for our team writing Circuit Python code for the S3, but it's never too late. Good enough. Okay, next up. Uh, next up, we have a new uh, Leap Motion. This is the Leap Two, the second generation of it. Um, this is a computer controlled uh motion um detection like hand detection uh user experience uh user interface experience device it's kind of explain like what is it it's um what is it's it? not a camera but it's something that can detect your hand and where it is and how it's moving and then you can use the api and code that they provide it's designed for people to interface with it's not like a ready-to-go product just for using with you know um, an audio player or um like a, you know a video editing software you can use it for whatever you like um the previous version uh you know was discontinued we sold lots of them um very handy for hackers who want to do hardware interfaces using hands and motion and um we do sell some gesture sensors but they're not like honestly that great um this is really designed specifically for gesture decoding and interfacing um to check it out uh the uh the previous version has been great we just got these in 
Um, and I'm gonna definitely pick one up and try one out because yeah. it's like if you're doing art Some interaction, you want to check when people are there or not. And the prices, you know, compared yeah. to AI camera systems, it's much. These are super fun. All right, and Star Show besides Eli Data, our team, our customers, our community is. This is the new uh, Pi CSI DSI adapter, which is why the code is CSI DSI. And it's basically a very simple thing. People are always asking, hey, I want to connect one of the Pi spy cameras to my um, Raspberry Pi, you know, large size computer. If you have like, or you have something with a Pi Zero and you want to connect a full size camera and you want to use the camera cable and, you know, you have a um, CM4 IO uh dev board and you want to connect a normal size camera whatever this is the little adapter thingy we have an extender thingy this is the adapter thingy it'll take the 15 pin one millimeter pitch connector and convert it to 22 pin 0.5 millimeter pitch that's it it's only a couple bucks solves a problem for you we have an adapter cable but it's like a fixed length this lets you use any length cables you like and that's new 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 Okay, don't forget the code is CSI DSI. You get free stuff as well. Check that out as you check out. Um, we're going to do some questions in a moment. Don't forget, put them up in Discord. I got a couple lined up, but let's do some top secret right away. Okay, for top secret, we're going to do breaking news. This cam, this. Uh, Python camera, and then we're going to talk about this RTK thing, and then I'm going to show you a preview of a logo we're thinking of. Don't worry, we're not changing our logo to X. All right, Lady, what's this? This is me bringing up the Pi Camera S3. This is an ESP32 uh, S3 now based camera board. You can see us in the viewfinder. It's got a wide angle camera, SD card, some ports, and SteMQT for expansion and battery stuff. I got to get this working. Reset button, on off switch and a little viewfinder. So I can, uh, oh, and then on the back, I've got um, a beeper and some um, control, um, X, you know, up, down, left, right buttons. A little microphone that I haven't hooked up yet, but I thought it could be kind of fun. And then, you know, just testing out, taking photos and saving them. You can see here, I've got a UI to change the resolution. So if I want to um, take some, bigger high-res images, I can do that. Wow, to 1920. So this is the OV5640. So far, so good. Coming soon. All right, so this is the board. Um, we're going to put that video up on oh, socials later. Yeah, this was a little bit of a close-up we did. So uh, this is a uh, way early coming soon, but it's a... Uh... Yes, originally this was an S2, but we are, you know, we couldn't... Well, for reasons, we had to revise it to do the S3. Um, but now we're, we're back on track. So, uh, yeah, we wanted to, we always wanted to have a little camera that was programmable with Python. Fully, this might be the only fully open source, uh, camera. Yes. Um, so yeah, the ESP32 S3 with plenty of flash and RAM, and then this OB5640, nice quality camera, and then TFT display, and you saw some buttons and the piezo, and, uh, we also have a battery. I gotta get the battery, uh, stuff working next. Yeah. Um, and then we have an RTK board. Yeah, I mean, this is a this is from years ago, this is like 2020. Um, but you know, we I couldn't get RTK modules, and now they're available again. So um, I've ordered this RTK shield uh, that I'll probably plug on top of the Metro ESP32 S3 um, to act as the uh, Wi-Fi 
transport for the signal that comes from the RTK. You have to um, send the signal from the base station to the module and back to be able to calculate your exact location. Um, we also have a logo. Forget about this. Yes. So I was looking at this. It looks like pinpoint or pin paint, but it's supposed to be pinpoint, feather pinpoint, because it's like it's a it's a pinpoint. Yeah. So uh, we might go with that. Uh, we'll see. But that would be for this series. All the RTK boards, because like what is our like no one knows what that because what is RTK real time yeah. kinematics? Well, that so, really because you use it to pinpoint things. Yes. Um, and that's top secret this week. Okay, um, let's just roll right into questions, have some more. Uh, so first up, um, I could probably answer this one. Are you going to build in the future something related to a more industrial and robust Arduino? Well, I would say that's a very, it depends on what it is. Like we have products that are used in space already. Like, you know, you can, you can do stuff, um, but the uh, industrial, I, I would say like it, it, the term got misused people, for so long. Like they what... meant PLCs, and you should get a PLC. I mean, like you should get something where the company is like, "Hi, our thing is we guarantee yeah. industrial uses." Like, why would you buy like your industrial robot from like a chick with pink hair? Like, <laughs> um, um, I make I make hacking and making stuff. Um, there's you know you you want a PLC. You go to Siemens. You'll spend three thousand dollars, and you'll get a sales rep. And you know, yeah, I do they'll, think there is you through the whole project. Yeah, there, there is that is a different market. And if you look, you know, Arduino, um, not too long ago announced like industrial, they want to oh, go PLC, they want to go in that market. It's a different market, it's a closed source world, it's 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 NDAs, it's it's applicate app engineers, it's a very different world than what we play in. But I know our stuff is used in that world, but it, most of it's a software. Because they need to get a lot of the sensor well, sensors to, working. You also need to have this like non-programming programming language because people who program PLCs don't want to program. Oh. Okay, how does the matrix work with only eight milliamps per I/O pin? I think that's for the, um, the LEDs are very, very, very bright. Um, oh, six or three LEDs can come now in like 400, 500 plus millicandela. So you only drive them with one milliamp a piece, um, and that's how you do it. Okay. Uh... Next up, will the Circuit Pirate definitely use the same 10-pin IDC the Bus Pirate uses or something different? It should use the same one. Yeah, we have the same pin out. Okay. Or the same cable. Pin out's obviously different. It's a different chip. Um, I'll uh, just do our regular. We're still on track to get an Adabox out because the chip shortage uh, set us back a while and, you know, everything but we're still set to get one out and then we have a bunch of surprises we have a ton of beta boxes you know i have so many designs that I yeah we're actually for parts yeah you've heard it here first here i'll, I'll say we're, we're also thinking of doing something so people can get more things in addition to a box every three months we're thinking about other ideas too because we're uh once we get back to shipping in boxes um that's something that people really like and we're trying to figure out well maybe there's something we can do more than just every three months, but we want to make sure that we deliver these eight boxes as soon as we can. So thanks for your patience. Um, it's been terrible. <laughs> it's been it's been it's been forever. It's been a long chip shortage. We're seeing the um, uh, side effect of this is a lot of companies are really struggling. They uh, were waiting and waiting, waiting for chips that never came, and they were centered around one particular chipset or one particular product. Um, we went the other way. We decided let's redesign all of our products so we're not stuck again. It just we're up to like 400 redesigns. 
at least. Yeah, 403. Yeah. Yeah. And you had a kid during that time. And there's a baby. Why not? And there's a baby. And then she started to babble. She could talk. Um, already. It's kind of cool. Um, Happens fast. Yeah. So now I have two bosses. Um, yeah. Someone was at, someone said book club. Yeah. Like one of the ideas is like more of a book club style thing, maybe in the future. Um, we're hoping after, you know, this chip shortage is over and we kind of recover a little bit. Thanks for your orders. That'll help us. Um, we'll be able to do more frequent, more interesting hardware, faster, lower cost and um, on a regular basis. In addition to like AdaBox and all of our new products, we're, um, we want to get more open source hardware out there. It's all y'all. Um, we have some big ideas. So I think, let me check the last one. Uh, so kid babble in binary. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. You're saying we're making the joke. It's like Morse code. It is like Morse it's code. It's just da, da, da. Yeah. No dit yet. Just There's da. a lot of inflection. Um, when with, I've always said like dogs only have like one word. It's like, Hey, 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 Hey. Um, you know, little kids, when they're first starting talking like that too, they say one thing, like I get called dad and I can tell when I'm, my attention is required or if it's like, Hey, look, dad, a funny things. So anyways, um, I think them's all our questions, lady. Okay. Well, we finished on time. Right on time for once. Um, thanks. We usually everybody. go over. We usually go over. Um, code is CSI DSI. Don't forget to check it out. We get the free things and shop more. Um, this has been an Adafruit production. We very much appreciate you spending time with us. Here is your moment of Zener. We'll see everybody next week. Good night, everybody.